0: Welcome back to Intentional Bawk. I say welcome back because it's already episode 3 of season 1. I'm Lou Landers. You can find me on the Suicide Squeeze Baseball Show, Lucas Baseball Show, and every Friday Night Series XM 211 Sports Overnight America. I'm joined here by my co-host Mark Mancini, the madman XM, calls him the worst handicapper i don't know if he's that bad folks but i guess whoever he picks (laughs) you should probably take the other side you heard him chuckling there mark you ready to rock and roll today man
1: well it's madness it's mondays it's you it's me everybody's listening the most must hear radio show that's sweeping the country right about now we got three under our belt now we need seven more, and then watch out, America. Here we come.
0: Yeah, not just America. We got Mexico covered, too, right? Yeah,
1: yeah we got everything covered, man. I'm getting excited. You all know, my uh, the...
0: all my Mexican pals out here in Central Mexico, right?
1: Fish tacos, Corona down there, a little hot salsa, mix in some chips. You're, you're doing good, man. Don't forget the guacamole.
0: Oh, definitely not. And, you know, I... Uh... One thing I find so fascinating about Mexico since I've been here, Mark, is they have tamales for breakfast. Wow. That's pretty yeah. pretty different, right? I mean, I spent eight years in California. You're currently in California. That's uh one of those that's one of those situations um where you just you wouldn't expect that and it's it's very common here. There's stands on the street till like 30, ten thirty, eleven AM.
1: Wow, bypass the breakfast burrito, go for the tamale.
0: Exactly. There's not even a such thing as a breakfast burrito <laughs> here. Here's just a burrito. But but enough about food. I'm sure we've already lost some some listeners, hopefully our faithful listeners stuck <laughs> around. Today we're gonna to talk about the lack of stolen bases around Major League Baseball. Who will win the incredibly competitive East? And it is very competitive, folks. And of course, who's better? Dodgers? Padres but let's start things off stolen bases Mark where have all the stolen bases gone
1: I don't know man I mean I'm 59 years old I'll be 60 in November I feel like I'm 35 but I grew up with some guys that swipe bases Lou Brock Tim Raines I mean Omar Moreno where has the stolen base gone I mean it's obsolete man it really is in Major League Baseball for all these years now the last 10 years, or so where is the stolen base gone?
0: Honestly, it's it's shocking to me that it is gone, but I understand why it's gone, Mark. I mean, we've become so analytically driven in Major League Baseball, the shifts, exit velocity, launch angle, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Homer's being hit at a record pace as well, and I think because of that We see these teams, they're less willing to risk losing an out if they get caught stealing on the base paths. I mean, analytics tell them they're better off. Let's play station to station, wait for someone to smack one out of the ballpark, account for two, three runs when those guys are on base. I mean, I understand that logic. I'm sure you can understand the logic, but I mean, by the same token, by stealing a base, you're putting yourself in scoring position, therefore you're leading to a run-scoring opportunity. So to just sit around waiting for the home run, I'm not sure it's necessarily the way to go, just because analytics say so.
1: Well, we know Mike Sosha, when he was the Angels manager, he played that small ball. You know, you get a guy from first to second, a hit would drive him in. You know, but it's just amazing with analytics now in the game. I, I just think, Guys, you know, don't want to take those chances to take themselves out of an inning. But if you're fast, if you're quick, you know, the all-on Mickey Rivers type. I mean, the Ricky Henderson. Why would you want to put yourself in an opportunity to pick up a run, give yourself two shots to get a base hit to get that run in from second? That's the thing that's mind-boggling to me. I mean,
0: I don't have a Harvard-level education, Mark. I'm not a statistician. (laughs) Uh, But I have a pretty good understanding of the game of baseball, and to me, I mean, relying on the home run is only going to get you so far. You look at teams that rely on the home run during the regular season, and you'll notice more times than not, they don't have success in the postseason because they can't manufacture runs without that home run. In the postseason, as you know, you are facing the best of the best when it comes to pitchers. Good pitching beats good hitting, and For me, there's just less likely of a chance of hitting as many home runs in the postseason. You have to be able to play some small ball, hit and run, steal a base, bunt a guy over. And you really don't see any of that anymore. And when you do, it actually shocks you because it's so rare to see it.
1: Yeah, you know, you're right. The game is changing. We know in 94, the big slogan to get baseball back after the strike was chicks dig the long ball. The home run is huge. You don't see a lot of teams. I mean, I remember the Pittsburgh Pirates in the 70s. Uh, You know, they put on a uh, batting practice spectacular uh, show by hitting them in the upper decks, Dodger Stadium and across the country. And then you saw Bambi's Brewers uh in the 80s with Thomas and Ogilvy and all those guys. Uh Today, you really, you know, don't see it. I mean, I'll tell you one team that comes comparable to that if you want to put You know, a lot of home runs on the board is the young Chicago White Sox, man. These guys are going to be really exciting to watch this year. They kind of remind me the old Brewers, Pirates. They can put some balls in the orbit uh, anytime soon. Oh, yeah. I mean, the
0: Minnesota Twins smack a lot of home runs. You know, the Yankees are going to hit a lot of home runs. They don't call them the Bronx Bombers for nothing. Toronto, I know a team that you are really high on this year in the American League um they're gonna hit a lot of home runs and it's just it's i mean it's just it's prevalent around major league baseball it's gone up but what i have heard and i've noticed some of in spring training i'm sim- it's curious to know if you've heard something similar stitches on the baseball are a little different this season balls not flying around as much even in florida and arizona in spring training
1: i've heard that but you know what we've heard about you know maybe some of these balls being doctored up years ago the pitchers were complaining The balls were traveling at astronomical distance there. They were trying to figure out, are they doctoring these balls up somehow? I know Gaylord Perry's not around with the Vaseline and all that, but, you know, I I don't know what they keep doing with these baseballs. One year you got balls flying 500 feet. The next year you got, you know, stitches on a baseball to keep them in the park. Your guess is as good as mine, my friend.
0: Yeah, well, I would like to see a little less home runs, a little more quality pitching and some manufacturing of runs. As much of an American League guy as I am, I do still think that the National League at least resorts to it a little more. Maybe not some of the bigger slugging teams. Um, certainly, we'll talk about some of those slugging teams later on we get to the Dodgers and the Padres. Anything else on these stolen bases before we move on?
1: No, bring it back, man. I, you know, need to see more of this. It's exciting when you get guys that can really move on the Bates-Bats. I think eventually down the line they might bring it up. You'll get a guy that can flat-out fly, Otis Nixon-type again. Boy, I'll tell you, we need to see it, man. It's exciting, man. I like to see that when they steal first to second, and then they got the balls to go from
0: second to third. Right. I mean, so – Back in 2007, Jose Reyes had 78 stolen bases. And uh, 2009, Jacoby Ellsbury had 70 stolen bases. Scott Podsenick, if you remember him, yeah. um, with the Brewers, he put up 70. Um, that was in 2004. But you're getting a couple of these really quick players that are stealing a ton of bases. But overall, around the league... They've just gone down a lot. I mean, certainly when you look in the early, the late 80s, early 90s, and then in the late 90s and the mid 2000s, we were seeing north of 3,000 bases 3,100, 3,200, 3,300, 3,400 stolen bases per season. Uh, Since 2015, I don't think we've topped 2,500, barely over 2,500.
1: No, I think you're absolutely right. It's it's really gone by the wayside and you know, I wouldn't say it's quite up there with, you know, where is the African uh, American ball player these days? I think that's lower than 10% across baseball today and uh, that's another uh story we should be talking about down the line too because it's 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 really disheartening not to see that. I mean, we got to get the inner cities going. There's some good ball players around this country and across the, the spectrum to get that uh, ball player back uh, front and center, would you say?
0: Yeah, I mean, Mookie Betts is is, is a great ball player, uh, but you're right. I mean, a lot of the Latin American uh, players are some of the bigger named players around baseball now. They, you know, Cuba, Puerto Rico, the Dominican Republic, they're producing incredible talents, and uh, definitely United States has fallen behind in that and you've seen that even in the world baseball classic with teams like uh Puerto Rico, Dominican, Japan, Korea, these teams really putting up um you know, a good fight against the US, which you probably didn't see fifteen, twenty, thirty, forty years ago.
1: No, totally agree, man. And that's you know, and now you're starting to see with, with, with not only the Japans and the South Koreas, as you know, we talk a little world baseball classic. I'm waiting for the Italians to get back in the realm of things and maybe Canada can do something. I mean, there's, there's some countries out there that, you know, that are starting to pick up some steam. Now, Greece, it might take a while, but uh, it's nice to see baseball across the uh, world. Pick up a little.
0: Absolutely. My man, we can certainly agree on that. I'm not sure we're going to agree on the next two topics, but no (laughs) doubt. And at least Toughest division in Major League Baseball this year. So with that being said, who do you think wins this division, Mark? Who will be the NL East champs?
1: Well, I know everybody, the consensus has Atlanta. A lot of people uh, I've talked to, uh, talked to a good friend of mine, Pat McCarthy out of uh, New York, does WFAN out there. He's got the uh, Braves and the Mets are number two. And, I, I, you know, everybody can throw whatever they want. I'll tell you right now, I'm going with the Washington Nationals. I like the makeup there. I like what, uh, you know, uh, they're bringing in Washington. I like uh, their pitching, the front-line pitching. They added uh, John Lester. They, they got a good closer, formerly of the uh, Cleveland Indians and the San Diego Padres and Brad Hand. They got Josh Bell over from Pittsburgh. I mean, this is a team that could have mailed it in after, you know, winning the World Series, losing Anthony Rendon to the Angels. But you're right, toughest division uh, baseball, and uh, watch out for the Washington Nationals. These guys are becoming like gangbusters. Yeah,
0: you're certainly not wrong about the conception, um, or perception, I should say, around Major League Baseball with the Braves or the Mets. And I understand why. I mean, Braves been on top the past few years. They have a great lineup. They have a solid bullpen. They've made improvements to the rotation this offseason as well. They're the favorites and probably should be the favorites until someone else wins the division. Then you got the Mets, as you mentioned, lots of improvements during the offseason, the trade for Lindor, Carrasco, signings of James McCann, Jonathan Villar, very good team on paper, but they've yet to prove what they can do on the field. And I really like what you said about the Washington Nationals. I think people are underestimating them quite a bit. Uh Certainly an approved bullpen, as you mentioned, Brad Hand. Very solid rotation with Scherzer, with Corbin. Strasburg did go down Sunday with an injury. Not sure what the status of that is, but if he's in there, John Lester. I like Joe Ross, if he can stay healthy at the back end of that rotation. And you mentioned Schwarber adding some thump. Josh Bell, you're familiar with him as a Pirates fan. So yeah, the uh, Nationals are... Certainly underrated, certainly could make a push. Even look further down the division. Phillies are talented, but I still think they're a clear 4th or 5th place team. And the Marlins probably could have finished 4th or 5th. Be shocked if they didn't. But they have a very good starting rotation. Their issue is they lack the star power offensively. Um, They're going to struggle to contend, I think, with the elite teams in the division. When it comes down to it, I think if I had to bet my life on it, I'll still take the Braves in the East. But I do think you're outside the box, getting a bit bull taking the Nationals. I can't disagree with it.
1: Yeah, and you're talking about the Phillies. The problem with the Phillies, they have the same problem, a lot of these teams. And and one in particular in that division is the Mets. They have no uh, closers back there, and that's a big problem. I mean, you know, I think the Mets blew about 12 games in one month just uh, after the seventh inning. Uh, they just couldn't seem to close the games, and that's instrumental, you know. Uh, when you, oh yeah, uh, last you know, year, Mark,
0: uh, last year the Phillies, I think statistically, had the worst bullpen in the history of Major League Baseball. Yeah, it N- was bad. Neres,
1: uh, yeah, Naris is not the answer, but I'll tell you what I'm. Archie like about Bradley, him in the
0: Archie Bradley, he's going to be very key, right? If they if they give him the well, job, and they should.
1: Well, not only that, we were talking earlier about bopping the ball out of the stadium. The Phillies have been doing that ring so you know they got the bats you just you, you can't get in one of these things where you're trying to out out hit and out score the other team you need to you know hold the other team in check you need some front line pitching they got that in philadelphia but their problem is going to be the uh, back end of that bullpen and like you said with bradley there he is the key as far as miami i think miami snuck up on a lot of teams last year i like don Manningly and everything, but I don't think they're going to sneak up on too many teams this year. People are going to be looking at them in a lot different light. I well, don't. Mark, they the just don't have the much.
0: offensive firepower. I mean, yeah. I do really like their rotation. I like Sandy Alcantara. I like Pablo Lopez. I like Alicia yeah. Hernandez. Uh, they, have, they have some good pieces in the rotation. What they don't have is enough offense.
1: Well, and not only that, what Marlin team are we going to basically get a, a clue on what we're seeing? Is this the team that took the Cubs out in the playoffs, played good regular season baseball, or is this the team that got swept by Atlanta in the playoffs and were exposed?
0: I mean, that's true, w- too. Uh, one thing I can say, I did who I didn't mention, um, Sixto Sanchez was terrific. Yeah, last year for them as a rookie. Can he repeat that, though? They do have Trevor Rogers, a lefty, a former first round pick of theirs. So I do think, again, I think they could have a very good rotation Miami. Um, I don't mind the back end of the bullpen either with Yimmy Garcia. He's done it for a long time. Anthony Bass said two years of being pretty good at closing out games. But the problem is the lineup. I mean, Starlin Marte's good, but he's not a superstar at this point in his career. Corey Dickerson's been around, but he's not going to make or break you. Jesus Aguilar, thrown away from Milwaukee, essentially. They got Adam Duvall, who wasn't good enough to... To stay with the Braves um who were the champion of the division and then you just start going down and down and Brian Anderson, Miguel Rojas, Isan Diaz, Jorge Alfaro. These are decent ball players but they just don't compare in talent to Washington, to New York, to Atlanta and even Philadelphia positional wise.
1: No, totally agree with you and it's going to be interesting. I got the Marlins in the middle of the pack there uh you know in that division.
0: And you know uh, what? They look, they could be they could be a team that wins 78 games and finishes in fifth place. That's how good this division is.
1: Well, and the other key is in that division is if the Mets, you know, don't get, you know, what we'll find out what they're going to get out of Syndergaard. Jacob DeGrom is lights out. You know, Strowman's over there. Lindor can help him. But we're going to find out, you know, they got a lot of money in New York with uh, Steve Cohen. Owning this ball club, but at the same time, they fell short in getting Trevor Bauer over there and stuff. So we're going to find well, out. They did the get Nets,
0: Carrasco. But... The Carrasco yeah. move was a it gets overshadowed by the Lindor move, but it came in the same trade. Carrasco's a really good pitcher. Uh, they did sign Taiwan Walker who has had some injury issues but is a very solid number four, let's say. They have this kid left, the lefty Peterson, who was good for them last year. So I think they have more than enough starting pitching to hold down the fort until Syndergaard comes back. And I think their lineup is very good. Their bullpen, as you mentioned, they have the names and the talent – But again, for me, it's not about talent for the Mets. On paper, they have enough to win this division. It's how they will play when they actually have to play the game. Because again, games are not won in the offseason. They're won on the field. And I'm sure I'll talk about that later um, with the San Diego Padres too.
1: Right. And also the other important thing is they're playing in a city where they're on the back page of the sports. Uh, you know, being compared with the New York Yankees. So it's always hard to try to knock the Yankees off the front page of the sports there in New York.
0: Certainly, but they don't have to do that. They just have to win baseball games and win win their division. Uh, But speaking of divisions and winning a division, the NL West is going to be interesting up top. The season hasn't begun, and it's already as if people have decided Dodgers, Padres, two best teams in the NL, possibly all of Major League Baseball. And for argument's sake... Let's say that we agree on this. Personally, I do. But because both these teams are so good, they have very deep and talented 26-man rosters. The question really is not if they're good, not if they're going to make the playoffs because they both should. It's who finishes with a better record and who goes farther in the postseason? Is it the Dodgers, Mark, or is it the Padres?
1: Well, I'm still not sold on the Dodgers. I know they won it last year playing 60 games and taking advantage of a Milwaukee team that looked like a MASH unit. Minus Klinger there. San Diego came limping into the playoffs with two of their top starters out. I don't know what happened, you know, with Atlanta stopping and playing baseball after four games, but the Dodgers won it. You got to give them credit. But they've lost a lot of key components now. Chuck Peterson took off to Chicago. He's leading the Arizona League with five home runs. Keki Hernandez went to Boston. Baez is out of there. He went to Houston and Alex Wood went to San Francisco the year before. You know, they they didn't really need these guys, but they ate up innings in Maeda, Striplin, Ryu. You know, these were guys Verdugo came uh, uh, to Boston for that uh, bets deal. But when I look at the Padres and the Dodgers, I think the Padres have been coming for a while here. Uh, you know, the big thing now in San Diego is losing Clevenger for the year. But, you know, you sign Darvish, you make the deal for to get Snell in there. You know, you got Lament, you got uh, Paddock, you got uh, Musgrove. These guys eat up innings. You know, they're back into the bullpen with Melanson. I mean, I like the Padres, and, you know, there's swagger in the San Diego. You know, you got Machado, you got Tatis Jr. You know, these guys, uh, they're not really sitting here worried about the Dodgers as much as the Dodgers need to look over their shoulder down south 130 miles. But I like San Diego to win this division by five games. Call me crazy, but I'm telling you, I think the, the real linchpin in this deal here is Trevor Bauer. You know, we're going to find out if he gets pulled and he doesn't want to get pulled, is he going to throw that baseball at the Hollywood sign? I like the makeup. I like the chemistry. San Diego's all in. Sure, the Dodgers want it, but a lot of chinks are less in that armor now. So I like the, the Padres by five games.
0: All right, well, I'll start with the Dodgers. Um, I think it's difficult to bet against them considering, again, as you mentioned, they're coming off a World Series championship and they have dominated this division for the past decade-plus. Lineup still, even with some of those guys with Peterson and Kiki gone, neither of them were everyday players. Um, So as long as um they... Continue to get production from the bottom of their lineup, and they certainly still can with Chris Taylor, with Gavin Lux, and there. I still think it's as good as it gets in the NL. But they have the deepest starting rotation in baseball, and even have two guys in Dustin May and Tony Gonsolin who, let's be real here, Mark, these guys could be SP twos or SP threes on most teams around the league. They don't even crack the Dodgers' top five. The Dodgers are a team that's set up for the marathon that is 162 games because of the depth in their rotation. And their bullpen is improved. I know they've lost Baez, but they brought in Corey Niebel. Uh, They're going to have Tommy Conley at some point as he recovers from Tommy John surgery. Another year with Trinan, another year with Gratterall. May and Gonsolin are going to start in the bullpen because there's no room for them in the rotation. Uh, This team is is loaded. Everywhere they're even deeper than that of the Padres. I'm not taking anything away from the Padres, but the Dodgers are still the team to beat.
1: Well, I, I think when you look at it, the, the the key there in LA is, you know, they were utilizing guys and Hernandez and, and Peterson were big uh, platoon players with them last year. You saw, you know, if you took those two guys away, and, and you know, if Seeger went to Cincinnati. You know, uh, you know, you don't sign Urias again, uh, you know, coming back from that uh, problem he had with his girlfriend there. Who knows where the Dodgers would have been? But I think May needs to come up with another pitch. I think maybe a rising fastball or something. He's got to come up with something else. Gosselin is good, but I got to see more of them. I think what you're going to see is David Price being moved to that bullpen, maybe long relief uh, one day or, you know, maybe a spot starter. The key there is, you know, what are you going to get with Kershaw? Kershaw's, you know, starting to, you know, drop a little. Uh, Bueller's going to, you know, uh, be a mainstay there, and 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 Bauer. There's questions there. I know they got a deep pitching staff, but on the other side of the coin, there is when you look at, I think Justin Turner was signed as a designated driver, giving him a three-year deal. He's, he, you know, I I, I really haven't seen a leader in Los Angeles in Kurt Gibson. After that, Jesse Orozco blow up in spring training with the eye black. I got to see more of a leader. There's a lot of guys here that maybe carry big sticks. But as far as a a real leader there, I don't know who it is. Everybody's kind of taking the you know, baton and running with it. So um, I really like San Diego's makeup. I think they're younger. I think they've got some guys. And I think the Padres aren't done here. The real key in this division, other than these two teams competing, is who the hell can beat the hell out of the other three teams in the division uh, more than the other? Because uh, Well, I think they both to...
0: can, Mark. It really, to me, comes down to head-to-head against these teams. And your points are valid with regards to, okay, there might not be a leader on this Dodgers team, but you also have to consider that Mookie Betts, Corey Seager, Cody Bellinger are arguably three of the top 15 players in all of Major League Baseball. Uh, then Max Muncie is a very good player. Uh, may not hit for the high average, but gets on base, has tremendous power, versatile. AJ Pollock is like a forgotten man. This guy, what is a superstar caliber player or was in Arizona? Um, certainly isn't anymore. Will Smith is one of the better offensive catchers in baseball. Turner, sure, a three-year deal looks bad, but they're not signing him for. Him to be good for three years. They really they want him this year, maybe next year. They have this young lefty in Edwin Rios who's ready to take over there. They have Gavin Lux, a top prospect who's ready to take over at some point too, somewhere in the infield. So they have the options, and with the rotation, sure, Kershaw is up there in age, but he still continues to put up top numbers. Trevor Bauer. Obviously, he's had his ups and downs. There are some question marks. But realistically, I look at this rotation, Kershaw, Bauer, Bueller, Price, Urias, however you want to uh, put it out there. These are five guys who are all going to have sub four ERAs. I don't think any other rotation in baseball is going to feature that.
1: Well, let me ask you about Gavin Lux. A lot of hype surrounding him. And I can remember when there was a lot of hype surrounding Greg Brock and Steve Sachs is Gavin Lux going to be one of those guys because I know things run in threes but you know he, he's having a heck of a spring right now kind of struggled a little last year he comes with a you know high marquee and you know uh but I, I gotta see more of this guy too uh in 162 games of a regular season what you say
0: well certainly so and he is only 23 years old not everyone could be Juan Soto or Mike Trout, or Ronald Acuna Jr., and come up right away and be a superstar. Uh, He has tons of potential, power, speed, defense. Uh, I mean, personally, I'm not sure the Dodgers bring Corey Seager back after this year. And Lux will likely end up being their starting shortstop next year. I think right now they're just kind of grooming him, um, trying to have his bat catch up with his gloves, see what he could do. Um, I think he's a future star. I don't expect necessarily that much this year. I do think we see a lot of Chris Taylor at second base. Um, And A.J. Paul is going to play a lot more in the outfield than he did previously because Peterson is gone. But I do want to give the Padres some talk here, some credit here. They are, their lineup is as good as the Dodgers. Their rotation has the potential to certainly be as good as the Dodgers too. I worry about Lamette. I do think he's destined for Tommy John surgery. Darvish and Snell are as good as it gets up top, though, and Paddock is bound to, to bounce back. Um, their bullpen, four possible closers. You mentioned Melanson, they still have Pomerantz, Emilio Pagan, Keona Kella. All these guys have had success closing games. So I like that. Um, there's certainly pieces there for them to win this division, win the NL pennant, and even win the World Series. But I told you this was going to be a theme for me, similarly to the Mets in the NL, even the White Sox in the AL winning the off season, having the talent on paper doesn't necessarily translate to wins on the field. So I am a big believer in them. I think they easily win 90 games, maybe even 95 plus. And I wouldn't be shocked if they did beat out the Dodgers. I'm just not willing to put my money on it yet. Cause to me to be the best, you have to beat the best. And as of right now, yeah. the best is the Dodgers.
1: Yeah, totally agree with that. And, uh, I'm going to stick with the pods. I think they win it by five games. I'm not going to back down from it. You know, sometimes you got to throw something out there and stick with it. Otherwise, if you become wishy-washy, you know, you sound like a lot of guys. But I'm going to stick with it. I got the Padres uh, to win this division. And five games is a lot of games to, to, to win it by. But I really think they're going to win it by five.
0: And I love the boldness of it. And you know what? As bold as it might sound, it's really not as crazy because they certainly have the talent to do it. I just, if I'm going to put my money where my mouth is, I am feel better doing it with, with the Dodgers. Now, we both think the Nationals have a chance to win that East. As much as I took the Braves, we do think the Nationals have a chance. I will say the Padres have a better chance to win the West than the Nationals
1: do to win the East. Wow. Yeah, that's going to be another fight. I think, you know, when you look at Atlanta, uh, you know, they, they they've got, you know, the bats and everything. And, you know, they've got some pitch in there, but I think Washington's experience down the stretch and adding Josh Bell, who was a mainstay in Pittsburgh, I think is really going to put them over the top. I I think it could,
0: and I think Washington and San Diego are going to really be fighting for that wild card spot, potentially.
1: Yeah, it's going to be nice to talk next week who we got in some of these other divisions. Alongside relief pitching, some of the top relievers that you grew up with and I grew up with Man, oh, man, how would they play in today's game?
0: Yeah, it would be very, very interesting. I think that's definitely – we'll have another division or two. We'll talk some relief pitchers. We'll have some other fun stuff. Maybe we'll talk about a different cuisine next week as well to start off the show. We had Mexican food this week. Um, So we'll have to think of something else. But I guess before we wrap things up, is there any final thoughts you have today?
1: Fish tacos and seafood enchiladas.
0: Yeah, I could go over some of those. Maybe that'll be my dinner tonight. I have a couple hours until I'm ready to eat dinner, my man. But this was episode three of Intentional Bulk. I'm Lou Landers with Mark Mancini. We'll be back next Monday. We'll be back every Monday. So be sure to catch us. We'll see you next time.